0: Black Girl Known promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Hey, y'all, it's Lauren Ash and Dionne Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl Known podcast. so black girl gnome is three this month november 2017 so excited and for all of our listeners we want you to join us in celebrating three years in om to do that send us the reasons you celebrate Whether that's how you celebrate yourself, your family, your yoga practice, it could be your best friend, it could be your dog, it could be your bed, your voice, literally anything y'all, you can tell I'm excited, right? We want to hear from you because in this community, your celebrations are our celebrations and our voices lifted together in celebration is literally everything. So shoot us maybe like an audio of you and why you celebrate to hello at blackgirlnum.com and Dion's gonna share other ways that you
1: can share with us. Yes ma'am, be sure to tag us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, all of those things using the hashtag celebrate with BGIO or I celebrate because, with the reasons behind your celebrations and we'll give you some love on our social media or the podcast, you never know. We are so excited for the milestone and we hope that you'll join us in celebrating because it's lit. Wait, so Deanne, why do you celebrate and what do you celebrate? Tell me. well, self-celebration which is a new thing. Self-celebration is a beautiful act of gratitude, especially as black women. And I celebrate myself because I recognize how blessed I am to be me. Yes. I've carved out my own lane. I've evolved into a woman that I actually admire. Yes. And I trust God in all areas of my life, which has definitely paid off. That's how I live. Black Girl in Our Own, thank y'all for reminding me of the power of self-celebration. Yes. How do you celebrate? So many
0: ways. But one way that I've recently reflected on is that I'm deserving, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I am truly deserving of giving myself time to reflect, to honor my growth, and affirm my journey, both, you know, the things that might be Obviously amazing and wonderful, and then the not so wonderful things, but it's brought me to this point of who I am right now. I also am um, deserving of giving myself time to honor my accomplishments, which include cultivating this beautiful, powerful, and deeply necessary space Mm -hmm. for a global community of women of color, BGIO. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I really truly feel like I'm the living embodiment of my grandmother's vision, and that that alone is worth honoring. So that's that's why I celebrate.
1: Yay! We're so excited to hear why you guys celebrate too! We
0: are. Hey y'all, so here we are with our second episode of season three. Mm -hmm. So excited! So excited and grateful. Yes, you know, we try to do everything from a place of gratitude, and we're definitely grateful to be able to just share conversations and share some things that we're inspired by and today we are super inspired by our guest
1: y'all the lord is shining down upon thee yeah okay because we have this brilliant black woman (laughs) up in here about to lace us all up about to give us all blessings yes so i am just overly excited and inspired you know for my own projects um so i'm just really interested to hear you know where the conversation is going to go How the magic is gonna pop off? Yes. So let's let's get let's get it rolling.
0: And to give some context too, um, you know, with many of our guests, we really appreciate when we can have people that we have you know connected with in the past right this woman we've um featured on our site as a black girl known beauty mm-hmm. um we are experiencing right now her book club to kick off our bjo book club oop, oop. Or, excuse me her recently published book yes you know is the center of our book club experience and um you know without further ado we are welcoming latham thomas with mm-hmm. us today
2: mm-hmm. hey <laughs> thank you for having me <laughs> thank you for the invitation
0: of course we I mean we wanted to have you on last season but divine timing you know absolutely Mm -hmm. and We're just so eager. We know that you've been traveling a lot and mm-hmm. spreading all of the wisdom in yes. your book, Own Your Glow." Yes. And it's been selling out <laughs> Yes, like hotcakes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So for us to just like go deeper with that mm-hmm. is just a gift. So um, I'm going to just share a little bit about you for anyone listening who's like, oh, my God, I want to know more. Um, I'll just share mm-hmm. briefly and then we'll get into it. Um, So Latham Thomas, also known as Glow Maven, is a celebrity wellness and lifestyle maven, birth doula, who transforms not only how women give birth to their babies, but also how they give rise to the best version of themselves. And we are all about that at Black Girl Nome. Named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100, an enlightened group of leaders elevating humanity with their work, Latham is helping women embrace optimal wellness and spiritual growth Mm -hmm. as a pathway to owning their power. She's the founder of Mama Glow, a lifestyle brand and highly regarded website, which offers inspiration, education, and holistic services for expectant and new mamas. Um, As we shared before, her newly published um, and released book, Own Your Glow, A Soulful Guide to Luminous Living and Crowning the Queen Within, um, came out September 26th of this year. And guess what, y'all? It's already in its current, it's already in its third reprint. So it's sold (laughs) out within its first two weeks. We're glad we got a couple copies of our own, um, but she's just worked with amazing women that you all know, like Alicia Keys and Deborah Lee, um, Venus and Serena Williams, um, and she's just helping all of us with the wisdom that she has within this text, so let's get into it, shall we? Mm. <laughs> so it has to be all. the most epic bio of all time. <laughs> and I didn't even share all of it. I, I know. Laugh. <laughs> but how are you feeling today?
2: I feel blessed. I feel really good. Um... I was hit with that Chicago wind, <laughs> and, you know, all weather is good weather, so I was happy to take a little walk and um, get, you know, into the rhythm of this place. It's rare that I'm in a city for more than one day, so I'm so thankful for the invitation because I was able to do this in person with you, because yes. I know we talked about it a while ago, and I was like, it would be nice to do it in person, and look at yes. us now. here we are. The now. Lord giveth. Yes. yes, yes, yes,
1: girl. Yes. <laughs>
0: So you've been traveling around to so many cities Mm -hmm. and um, you've been on um, also a series of like kind of group and panel conversations with other women talking about your book. Mm -hmm. What has so far been like one of the most memorable aspects of sharing this beautiful creation that you literally birthed, Mm. you know, with others? What's the highlight? Um,
2: I would say, you know, on the Together tour, the highlight's really been like reaching these women every single night there's about 3000 people in every city and I lead this experience it's like a um it's really like a meditation but I frame it through movement and uh sound and then I have people use their voices and I create a choir in the room within like 10 minutes beautiful and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful but um what I see is like the crying and the holding and people embracing. And I love that. And then also the messages that come through. So that's been great. And really with the book, I think it's just, you know, with connecting with people, I really love being in spaces, you know, um, virtual is awesome. But for me, I'm like, I I need to touch people. I need to feel their pulse, you know? So I like to be in rooms with, with women. So, the gift for me is really when I can, like, hug somebody or they send a little note yeah. or something. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, that, that touched them in a certain mm-hmm. way. That feels really that good. Too. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. You feel the same way. There's something just so unique um, about face-to-face interaction. Yes. That, you know? Yep. Like you said, being able to touch people and just... Like feel hugs are good. They feel good. <laughs> remember y'all hugged yesterday? You and uh Oh I yeah, mean, and I was like, You have a great hug. Yes, <laughs> yes you know, yes. like mm-hmm. I, I love that human touch and yes. human connection. We need it. Yes. Yeah. Right.
0: So let's talk about the book. Um your book um as as you describe it, um, is an inspirational, actionable, and widely enriching companion for change. Mm. I love that. Um when I first opened the book and just kind of paged through it, I remember being like so excited that it has a lot of um, rituals mm-hmm. outlined within it, mm-hmm. as well as, mm-hmm. like, tangible, actionable steps for me to make change in my life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes within, like, this self-care, you know, space in terms of, like, literature, mm-hmm. it's a lot of... Um, You know, not that it's not useful, but it's a lot of wisdom that's shared that's like kind of elusive and abstract. And it leaves me like, ooh, okay, that sounds nice. But But how do I apply this in my life? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So um, can you just share more about like why that was important to you in the process of. All right. I want to share these um, these valuable insights that I've had in my life. And I want to also share how women can actually apply it. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, I think for women. We are um, doing too much, and as much as people think like, oh, I'm not doing enough, I need to hustle and all that, more so I think we need to dial back and um, tune inward and slow down and to really be more effective and really to be more productive as people want to be, right? Right. And um, an aspect of that, though, I think with, you know, even when we package something like as as we see it like in the context of the world like oh do this like take these steps these 10 steps or whatever it is I think like programmatic elements to something when people are really trying to explore what it is that sun is stirring inside of them is really too structured Mm -hmm. and so for me I feel like this is all like ancestral wisdom and And information and ancient technology that comes from uh, lineages of people Mm -hmm. and it's accessible to all of us and it belongs to us. And even though it's been repackaged and commodified and sold to us in various ways and actually stripped of its origin or even not even connected to its origin, Uh, We often think that we're buying into something that's not for us or that Mm. it's not even accessible to us Mm. because it's so far removed from the source. That's real. And so people are like, oh, I can't really, you know, do that soak or use crystals or use, you know, cowrie shells or use, you know, sage or or palo santo or frankincense. Like, what is that? Like, they don't even realize that these are things that um, come from our lineages, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's that, and then the other piece I think is really like, um, uh, aside from you know reclaiming these processes, you know, looking at the lens because I think you know even with self care, it's been so popularized. Like there's there's it's been almost co opted out of what it what it really started with, which was um, it's an act of resistance, and it's also in um, in conflict with resistance, mm-hmm. in that you know we're being we're being in constant um, we're constantly swimming upstream as women of color, where we have to combat and deal with and confront so many things on a regular basis that um, that challenge our well being, that actually um, turn us away from our bodies, that push us away from like living in the moment being connected with our creativity, being connected with our birthright. And so when so when we're told like that these processes are indulgent or that's for these mm. people or, oh, you can only do it if it costs $199, then we're not embracing these attunement processes as our own. And we're not doing them often because we feel like, oh, that's – I got to get the massage once a week or, or, you know, and I can't afford that. Or I can't even make this bath because, you know, I don't have like spirulina and like whatever else. Like Mm -hmm. we just have to think about like, how do we make um, these processes uh, a punctuated part of our daily practice? So not just when we feel broke down, but in anticipation of our needs and that comes yeah, with listening that. right that yes. comes with being like on a moment to moment basis i believe that the self care continuum is really about checking in and asking yourself what do i need most in this moment and then you respond and then you do that thing and sometimes it's like oh i got to cancel on you right mm-hmm. or oh i got to go take that bath yeah. or oh i got to you know turn on my iPod and put on Solange, right? You know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's for everybody. It's not just for few. It's not just for people who read certain publications only or who have access to certain retreats Mm -hmm. or it's for everybody. And more importantly, these are things that like we created in our experiences ancestrally as Mm -hmm. women, as long as we've known we were living in these bodies, we have been coming up with ways to Um, attune and connect with and commune with the living divine energy within ourselves, Mm -hmm. as well as restore ourselves through ritual rhythm and repetition. Right. Yeah. So it's for all of us, even though people try to make us seem that it isn't. Mm -hmm. And especially our people think that, oh, well, you know, we come up with excuses. Why not? Mm. Because of the packaging. Right. That's
0: true. Yep. Well, thank you for all of that. Um, so much to even unpack from what you just shared. Exactly. Um, I think you spoke so much to intuition, which I think mm-hmm. within the context of your book, I remember you describing GPS, your yes. glow power system yeah. and how mm-hmm. it's always there. But I think some of us have to like work at like reactivating it or mm-hmm. getting in touch with it and then mm-hmm. cultivating that as a practice. Yeah. Like, you know, I just feel sometimes, like, at Self-Care Sunday, we'll have um, a woman who... you know, mostly our demographic is like millennials because that's what right. we are. Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes we have women who um, are a little bit older and they might be mothers or mm. wives and they share mm-hmm. sometimes, not all the times, but they share sometimes how they feel like they're coming back to themselves. Like right. they're coming back to like their identity as a woman, yeah. just yeah. as like an individual woman. Yeah. Um, not to say that when you're in relationship, you know, with a partner through marriage or when you have children that like you're losing something, but like, you know, sometimes those things then You know necessarily take priority priority. you know Mm -hmm. so that gets me to think about this as well like coming back to yourself coming Mm -hmm. back to this wisdom that is yes living within you but it's connected as well to Mm -hmm. these ancestors you know like I mean I know like you recently lost your grandmother as the guy and we talked briefly about that but like ever since that loss and you know I have quotation marks in the air when I say loss like yes it was a physical loss but this is the first time where I'm really seeing that it's really a transfer of energy. Mm-hmm. Like, quite literally, like, she lives through me, and I see that, like, mm-hmm. really, really, really powerfully. And I think that's also what you're speaking to yes. as well. Like, learning from who has come before us and learning to listen to this intuition that is connected to those who have come before us as yes.
2: well. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, my grandmother is like i feel like the entire time that i've been on this book tour cuz she's a sagittarius and always on the go i'm like thank you just for mm-hmm. being here and fueling me and keeping me going and yes. cuz she's that person who be like on the plane and on the trains and on the i'm like granny you see me doing these flights once a day right like, <laughs> yeah. just make sure this flight stays in the air yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean i feel i feel though um you know we have like if we think about those who come before us, and and you know what were their ways to um, to connect and to you know drop in, you know we like that's part of who we are, and we just have to connect to that constellation and and not forget that like where we are, and it's really easy to if you allow yourself to get pulled into the world of. Um, activity and get focused on productivity instead of process you know girl
1: <laughs> i i am speechless i can hear i can listen to you talk all day seriously i just you are just very passionate about all of this and it's just really coming from a, a genuine space mm-hmm. and i love that you speak about accessibility to like all women mm-hmm. cuz like you said like i my own mother i mean if i talk about self care with her i'm sure she what girl i ain't got time for that you know what i'm saying like this is and she would say this is this isn't for women like me and i'm like mm-hmm. no it is but mm-hmm. like you said packaging kind of tricks people into believing Oh, you know this demographic or this socio-economic class can mm-hmm. can do this and do that, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's important, and I, that's why I love Black Girl Home, like creating yes. accessibility to all types of women, that's not right. shunning anybody like creating the space where people actually belong, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I love that about your book. Like it Thank was very you. practical. You broke it down. You know, I didn't feel like I needed a dictionary. It was like, she getting to the point. It's all yes. poetic, but you know, Aww. this is something that anybody can read and, and it resonates with them. Yes. Mm. You know, so I appreciate that.
2: Thank you. Well, there is a glow glossary in the back too. So Which people, we did check out. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, if you don't know the lingo.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> um. Speaking of dictionary and lingo, um, something that we all kind of paged you before you walked in was mm. when you break down like our sacred anatomy. Yes. Um, that's the part, yeah. Let me tell you. Okay. So for those of you who don't know or don't know yet, um, there's a section within own your glow. Um, I'm just going to read a section of it actually, because it's important. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, so it's titled your sacred anatomy. Lily, papaya, padma, rose, magnolia flower, box, cave, secret garden, cookie, dark gate, black hole, heavenly gate, trap, pussy, sacred passageway. So many words that described your inner, your inner sanctum, the vagina. She literally breaks down like this language and gives a dictionary, essentially, mm-hmm. to this space that like so many of us. Don't talk about, don't learn about like mm-hmm. I vividly remember, not vividly, but I remember like um, you know in elementary school like sex ed. Mm-hmm. I also went to like a, a private like Christian school. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my education was even further like a, watered down. I mean um, yeah was it like a Catholic lot of sexual school? repression? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it wasn't Catholic. It was actually Lutheran. Okay. It was Minnesota. So, okay. You know. Well, because yeah. I went to Catholic, <laughs> Catholic school.
2: So I think it's the same in terms of like, yeah. they pretend like there's like no yes. other body after here. Yeah. So. Oh,
0: and like, it's only for having children, which is beautiful, but that's not the only, you exactly. know. Exactly. And you just like literally let us know about each and every very um, complex part mm-hmm. of, you know, our, you know, whatever, roses. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's in a way that also gets us to celebrate it. So I know also that you are a doula, so Mm -hmm. you help um, coach women through that whole journey of, like, becoming mothers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that's like yet. Um, But I'm just curious for you, like, how you've seen really educating women and then these women upon... Being more educated, taking like greater ownership over their bodies, and mm-hmm. in particular, like you know, our vaginas. Like how yeah. how has that made an impact on like some of the women that you've worked with? Like how has that like awakened them?
2: Yeah. So I think that um, in a couple ways, I see people who have had uh, trauma, um, traumatic experience that has uh, lodged itself in their tissues, and sometimes that means that there's like a complete shut off of um, of pleasure in the body or an experience of pleasure, um, sexually, or, you know, with a desired partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen the, you know, coming full circle with that around exploring the body again, or, you know, looking towards healing, um, you know, through touch, through, uh, education, I think really about like our innermost, you know, um, sacred anatomy, I've seen also a more powerful lens that women look through. So if you could understand that, you know, the backdrop is this, like when they started studying human bodies, it was, um, monks who would study under the, um, Privileges of the state, so church and state actually were super connected, mm-hmm. and so um, the church would be a, the the monks would be able to study um, the cadavers of male uh, body parts only, and so wow. when they started to underst- understand um, this complex form called the, you know the male body, it was under the pretenses that they were beginning the rudiments of the medical system as we know it today. Mm. And so there was no real uh, interest or, um, awareness about the female body, no interest because it was considered dirty, obviously because, um, you know, biblically speaking, we like ate some apple and are damned forever. <laughs> Apples are amazing. So i just are like, amazing. you know, the fruit, but, um, <laughs> You know, we ate the fruit, and therefore, like we don't deserve anything. So, uh, you know, we're damned, right? Like that's where we're starting from—a place of the body being flawed. Mm-hmm. We're coming from a place of um, women being, um, you know, not holy, not anointed, but um, being the like sinners, right? So we're coming from that right. space. So they're looking at us as like the body is flawed, yeah, and um, and you know, and pain and all these things are going to happen as a result, right? So that's how it's been, um, languaged, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the lens that our medical system is born out of really like the, the real essence, right? So from there we look at how easy it is for them to come up with, um, solutions to disease, um, for men, like any major, uh, Disease, like if we look at prostate cancer or anything like that, where there's a female uh, reproductive equivalent in mm-hmm. terms of disease, they like cannot figure it out for us. Ovarian cancer, super deadly, cannot figure it out. Prostate cancer, you can get a surgery and be out and walk home the same day, right? Wow. So, like, there's 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 reasons for this, like that nobody talks about. But um, you know, there's also maps that. You can really understand what the male body parts are and how they work, especially their reproductive systems and their rectile network. And for women's bodies, all we get is a map of the, re- the reproductive system, even at your gynecologist. If you yeah. go in the office, it's look at internal. the map.. It's just like, here's your ovaries, here's your uh, uterus, right, your fallopian tubes, here's the vagina. Mm-hmm. And then this is it, right? Yeah. That's it. Oh, my God. You don't Meanwhile, know, your book
0: lists like 50 different aspects exactly. of right. our anatomy. <laughs> And
2: <laughs> the fact that we have, pound for pound, just as much erectile tissue as men have, wow. but it's internal. Wow. And so for us to be turned on, to be aroused, takes way more. It's not an all or nothing thing. Like for men, it's like they're either aroused or not. For us, there's so many aspects that contribute to yes, arousal. Ma'am. Wow. So when we think about like if something's wrong with us or something's not wrong with us or my body and this, like we have to become the mistresses and the, you know, the rulers, you know, we have to have dominion over our parts. This this we have to know the language of our bodies and understand how they work. But we don't have maps for this. So that's why it's so important for us to explore and to understand wow. pleasure and to unpack it and and to, you know, really Get in right relationship with our bodies because everything we're told everywhere you look, you look there's something like oh you should use this to mask a scent or you should use this to stop bleeding. You should do this yeah. so you can bleed only four times a year. You should there's always something that's packaged to modulate our processes that happen naturally that keep us attuned with the rhythmic cycles of the universe. And the ambient landscape so that we're not connected to that divine source, because if we're connected to that, that's informing ourselves, that's informing our body, that's helping us to move through the world attuned Mm -hmm. as the animals that we're supposed to be. Right. But if we buy this thing to control this and put this in and insert this and there's all these things, then your body's like not in tune with what's happening around itself, but also the brain, like the pineal gland and, and the reproductive um, system, is also modulated by something external mm-hmm. or something synthetic. Right. And so as a result, the processes are running to that tune, mm. right? Yeah. So, it's, And it's okay if people decide there's certain things they want to use and they work for them or for whatever reasons. I'm not saying that, but if we're starting out to begin with, off balance then using these things are not throwing us back into balance and so um that's one thing that i really you know with this with this fine tuning and understanding i think women then feel like a a reclamation of the body is sacred a um a journey Within through pleasure, and not just you know sexual or sensual pleasure, but Mm -hmm. like pleasure as an expression of life force, like Mm -hmm. in everything that you do, let it be pleasurable, right? Mm -hmm. Let it be sensual, let it be touched by the feminine, you Mm -hmm. know, from within. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's creative energy, right? That's Shakti. And so, I think we have to Mm -hmm. harness that, but we have to know we're harnessing. I think half the time, like. People are like so disconnected. Even the language used to talk about the body is like, "Oh yeah, down there." Like, where is down there? Like,
1: <laughs> oh my, why right. are you calling someplace down there?
2: <laughs> what is down there? It's, it's not like, down there. It's it a shame. using around name. it. You know? Right. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to use the names, and even on television, you can't use the names. Like, there's you can't. We cannot call by name the most holy places on this planet. We cannot call by name.
0: Wow. <laughs> Drop we don't have
2: mic. the permission, right? So.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> um, wow. This is, mm, wow. This is speaking to me in so many ways. Mm. Well, because I was molested, right? Mm. And so I have sexual shame already. Right. I'm like, you know, you just feel dirty. Not because you did something, but because, you know, you've been victimized. Well, you feel like the victim. Yep. Well, actually, sometimes you feel like the victim and then you feel like the person who molested you is the victim. You mm-hmm. know, so there's that, there's that, you know, um, aspect of it. But I mean, like, I know, for, I knew for a long time, I, I still don't call her, I call her her. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm starting to acknowledge mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. But like, I have a friend, she would just say the P, P word. Like, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh my God, you're, you know, why are you saying that word? Mm-hmm. She's like, Deon, it's just what it is. And i for the life of me, I cannot bring myself to say that word. Mm-hmm. But when I do the introspective work, I I'm trying to get to the root of why. Mm. And it's just so connected to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, just not being able to call it by name because of shame around it. Because people who read Bibles don't know how to interpret uh, interpret what God is really trying to say. It's right. just a lot, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is resonating
2: deeply. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can call anything. It doesn't matter what you call, but you need to find a word that makes you feel powerful when you call. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever that is. And so that's why when I was extrapolating on so many different words that are used, yeah. um, what feels resonant is is what you should, you know, take as, you, you know, reclaim as the language of your body and um, and certainly talk to your body, you yeah. know? Um, yeah.
1: That's beautiful. Mm. That's deep. I just, you know, how you just wanna mm-hmm. just, I just want to sit. I want to sit on that for like two weeks <laughs> <laughs> or more. Mm. Oh my god! Um, the way you just broke that down, I know so many women are going to be like, "Oh my god!" Yes. Lord, yes. Thank you. Because I mean, the the
0: reality is, like, especially Black women, so many of us have been disproportionately like shamed, mm-hmm. you know, um, misrepresented. yeah mm-hmm. Like, attacked, molested, mm-hmm. assaulted, you know, just everything. And so our relationship with our bodies, like, are just usually distorted in general yeah. because we just are so separated from
1: them. And it's not, we don't treat it like it's ours, you know. Anytime yeah. we talk, like I had a friend yesterday, she was like, oh, she has a really huge butt. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Dion, you know, it's hard for me to try to dress modest or whatever or be modest because of my butt. And I'm like... Girl, first of all, I was like, you know, God clearly gave you something. You should not let society tell you that you can't be modest. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just something that you have. And it's not She's it's not like she's out here dressing in a way that she would feel is, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, What's the word that they use? I don't know. Maybe revealing. Revealing. Like what some might deem right. it de- mm. revealing. Mm-hmm. It's just her body. But I'm like, she's so used to being objectified all the yes. time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you That's should feel guilty for other people's responses That's to you. That's what it is. It's so hard. It, it is.
2: Hard. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Our bodies. It's it's like, you know, we're living in an age too where um, we're popping, right? Like everybody wants to have all of the features, all of the things that are, uh, at in essence, blackness, right? right? Yeah. But like, apart from the blackness, so it's like, let me have the lips, let me have the butt, let me have the thighs, let me have. You know, the brown skin. Mm -hmm. Let me have, like, the texture to some extent of the hair. Yeah. Uh, Like, all of the things that, like, in part and parcel, like, take apart and, you know, put on me, right? Whether it's surgically or whatever um, or through products. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do to, you know, there's waist trainers. There's all kinds of stuff that you can do to enhance, right, Mm -hmm. physical, um, to appear as though to uh embody the most celebrated aspects of what it is to be in a black woman's body,
1: yes, ma'am,
2: but not be a black woman or not celebrate it in her walking mm-hmm. down the street, mm-hmm. right, Degraded in her mm-hmm. and so so th- so it's interesting that we're living in a time where if if young black girls are looking through social media and to television, all these things and seeing all of the things that they are on everyone else or taken or, Oh, look at their braids is really pretty, but I wear braids. I got to take them out because it's not appropriate for school or for work or for whatever. Like this is, so it's like a constant denial Mm -hmm. of your excellence, your beauty, your grace. Mm. Right. But then in the same time, like an affirmation outside of yourself, this is what we live every single day. Right. And it's not just obviously in our appearance. It's in like the way that we move through the world, the way that we think how we touch things, like the way that we create, like yeah. every aspect of what we do is co-opted and then it's celebrated outside of who we are. Which is why it's so important that you all have created this space because it reaffirms for us that we're seen, that we're heard, that we belong and that um, what we do is not for naught Mm -hmm. and that this path that you're on, this life path is is graced and it's blessed. And even if everybody's trying to like claw at what it is that you have, they cannot even have it Mm -hmm. like I don't care. What surgeon, you know, hands is laying (laughs) on somebody right now? They cannot do what it took your mama nine months to make. You know what I mean? What it took God to bless you with, like what you came down here, sent with them them thighs, like let them be blessed, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, let's not forget that um, each of us is is perfection, is like an embodied um, speckle. Of the divine, like each of us. And so we have to remind ourselves, we have to to remind the young women that are coming up, our nieces, our daughters, like all the girls that are around us because everything is telling them otherwise. Like we know because we've been doing work Mm -hmm. and we're a little bit older. And so we can kind of like use discernment. We have that gift because it's been cultivated, right? They don't have yet. Mm. And so we have to do this for them, which is why I'm so thankful that you all have um, been using your voices in this way because it helps so many. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think it's really beautiful that you called attention to like the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of ours, Abena, um, has this really amazing platform called Hana Hana beauty and she's Ghanaian. Um, she went to Ghana this past summer to really work with some women around like the shea butter process and industry and just there's a whole lot there that she's trying to do to really allow for more economic justice for Mm -hmm. the women who actually like create shea butter for us mm-hmm. yeah
2: um because everybody's products have shea butter in it by yes, the way exactly yes and they are exactly. not black-owned companies um,
0: exactly and, exactly. and then it's called something different yeah and most of the products that have it to like oh my god hide <laughs> that yeah isn't that crazy like i love it the vast it. majority of our skincare and beauty products have it in there yeah and so but she was um talking about how you know and i haven't been to africa yet i cannot wait to go in part because of this story mm. um I believe one of her family members, one of her younger family members, just um, this, this beautiful Ghanaian oh, yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she Abena was telling her that she was going to be shooting her, you know, because she had a camera, mm-hmm. and um, she was like, "Are you Are you ready? Are you ready for the photo shoot?" And you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but the girl was like, "Of course, I look at myself every day, like yes. her confidence, you know." And I mean, there's a difference because, like in Ghana, it's like. You, you know, are the majority. people are Canadian. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. looking at themselves. They're, they know they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They know that their, like, dark, rich complexion is, like, gorgeous. They don't have any one point, you know? Exactly. And so I was just like, dang, you know? Because yeah. um, I grew up in predominantly white settings my whole entire life, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah. me being in Chicago the past four years is, like, the blackest kind of life that I've lived. <laughs> <laughs> I and that was it. intentional. I was like, I need to be around more of my people. Yeah. And, um... I just think it's so important for us to be actively communicating that black is beautiful and that all of these aspects that make us black women
1: mm-hmm. and like
0: the diversity of black women, like
1: we all look so different. They That's do. what I tell people. Like beauty has no prototype. It's literally too many black baddies for you to be like, oh, you know, like beauty <laughs> has one look or yes. one model. And you right. do so that for your photography. Right, exactly. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you know what, what you just said, too, um, reminds me about this uh, book called Homegoing. Mm, I got uh, it, that's on my list It's basically about like two sisters being separated or something mm-hmm. And so one of them lives in a predominantly black area mm-hmm. and other one is like around white folk Yeah And um, <laughs> it just talks about the different experiences Experiences that they encounter based yeah. on where they are mm-hmm. So thinking about the woman, the little girl in Ghana Yeah Or like when I was telling you yesterday Like when I go to like predominantly black neighborhoods Yeah Black women, they'd be like, "Baby, hey, I look good." You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you ain't got to tell me. Like, they know. <laughs> yes. They already know. They already know. But then you go out and you, you know, encounter other black women who are in different, different uh, scenarios. Mm-hmm. I would say, "Oh, you know, I'm struggling with this," or mm-hmm. "I want my nose to be a little skinnier," yeah. or whatever. To exactly. each other. Yeah. You know, because your your differences aren't celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. We you have to code
2: switch in these, you know, environments right. all the time. It's like you got to be, if you're like and only in a situation, then because we have this fierce need that is beyond psychological, it is primal to be accepted, right? Yeah, Like not accepted like in the cool crowd, but on a, as a primal need, like if I'm not a part of a group, I would be caught out here alone and get eaten by a mammoth. Mm. So biologically speaking, It is a hardwired uh, necessity for women, especially to feel, but for everyone really, to feel connected, to feel in community, feel, you know, like they belong. So if you come to a space where you're an only, you are going to find yourself trying to assimilate into what that environment is for your perceived survival. Right. Because you imagine you cannot survive. So you're like, okay, like we're listening to Britney Spears now. I guess we listen to Britney Spears. Yeah. right? Oh, like everybody got skinny noses. I guess I, I got to, you right. know, it's like you start to like, well, maybe I want to be like this group. And it's it's like not you brainwashing. It's like this code switch that happens because of this connection of needing to feel safety and security in an right. environment where you're an only. Wow. And I think that that takes over for a lot of people that they have to like weed that out of themselves when they – grow into the fullness of their, you know, blackness or whatever it is that they are, Mm -hmm. like you have to then stand in it. And then I think people who have been in those circumstances end up owning it more because of this, um, you know, like inability in a period of their lives to be an embrace of it, right? Yeah. That they they feel it's like stirring even more because now there's like this awakened awareness mm-hmm. and connectivity to the people around them mm-hmm. that make them feel that that safety again. Yeah. So I think that, you know, the hardest thing is being in these spaces too, whereby you are um, an only, but also amongst people who are in... Um, you know the dominant culture that have perceived images about what it is to be black or what it is to be a black woman and and i think that part of the experience too with the code switch is like making sure that you don't even do the things that are stereotypical or whatever mm. so there's so many layers oh my god yes and so then you have that's in, that that wow. creates also existential stress for a woman mm. and then she's not dealing with that and then that can be masked through um depression or through anxiety or and so that's why like it's so important for black women to have these tools because like yes we look strong yes we look together yes all of these things because <laughs> that is because we come from a people that were swimming upstream for Forever, we have been woke for four hundred years. Right. So it's like we need it out now. like we're tired. <laughs> it's a been nap. a lot. You know what I mean? We yeah. need. A, we've been doing all of this work for so long. So our. So we come from a lineage of people who are so strong. Mm. So we can endure. But it doesn't mean that we should. Yes. You know. So it's really time to change the legacy to really reclaim all of these practices as our own because they do belong to us. They're not for everybody else. It's not for like you know, the hashtag on Instagram and watching everybody else's really fancy experiences. But like, what does it mean for you in your life in this day? How can you reclaim, you know, well-being? How can you create portals for self-renewal in your life right Mm -hmm. now as a woman, you know? yes. So.
1: Wow. Key. Wow. You know, so, I mean, speaking to all of that, like, so why or how does Own Your Glow, how is that, like, the start of, like, women entering that portal mm. of, like, you know, just being rejuvenated or rediscovering themselves
2: and owning who they are? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, like, how it's set up, it has, like, these three portals, um, evoke, ignite, and embody. And so evoke is, like, kind of stirring the pot. Like, you got the, like, onions and the garlic <laughs> and the red bell peppers. And you, like, tss- you yes. know and olive oil and it's kind of like stirring up like a you know it's like something's cooking right yeah. it's like something's becoming and um, Ignite is you know putting all of the stuff inside and like now the pot is stirring and it's simmering and here comes all of the essence of everything that's in that pot is, is releasing itself into the mixture like if that's a stew or whatever that is all of the power is going into that food right and contained in that in that bowl or that um pot right and then embody is like the fullness of that like once all of that like is coming through and and then it's finished it's like you're ready to eat that food you know that's like the end of that you're ready to have a (laughs) bite right like it's it's the fullest expression right Mm. and so I see it as like a journey where um we strip away these aspects of ourselves that um Not ever to disown anything, but more to just see where um, we have like calloused parts of ourselves Mm. that need to be buffed down so that we can really um, experience the truth of who we are, Mm. um, the light of who we are. And also that dive into our creative pursuits and what it is that we really want to be doing. And then, um, you know, moving through. Yeah. Like looking at any of the blockages in our lives and perceived and real, you know, and then moving through to the uh, to the, um, you know, areas of of where we're going to actually facilitate and create change in our lives and the lives of others. So I think that it's just kind of like a weaving journey that you take. And um, and it's really about you as you move through returning home to yourself, like who you truly are, like who you were born to be, like born on mission. What was that purpose that was like put inside and just coming back to that? And I I do believe that obviously that can change, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, I was born to do this and now it's like, oh, I'm moving away from that. No, these things change as our consciousness evolves right. and as we grow. So, um, so purpose is also one of those things, just like, self-care where you're in constant um attunement processes to make sure that you're staying in connection to where you're supposed to be headed along your journey but you have to do that work and so i think one of the things that's so important is um what i see a lot is people are like okay so i'm trying to you know do this and i'm hustling and i'm doing this i'm doing the work and i'm like oh, okay okay so what well, what is it that um that uh What's your gift? Like, what is it that you want to bless people with? How is it that you want to serve? Like, what's your purpose in servant leadership? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, um, I'm trying to get on this. I'm trying to get on this show. I'm trying to get... I'm like, okay, well, what do you need? I need the PR. And I'm like, Mm. well, what do you need the PR for?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, well and i'm like well maybe like do the service first like do the work mm. first Speak. like let's yeah. just do the Speak. work right let's just serve people let's just help people let's support and like all of that other stuff comes and so yeah. for women i really want us to understand the difference in like how everybody else everyone that you think is like oh my god they're slaying and they're this and they're that like the language like, i want to reframe this because <laughs> i don't believe like When people say it to me, oh, you're slaying it, you're killing, it, I'm like, I'm not, I'm nurturing it, I'm hovering over it, I'm blessing it, I'm not slaying it, I am nurturing it, yes. I am growing it, that's what I'm doing, and that's and I'm coming you're, every you're
0: day a doula with all of the creative projects, like, yes, like hello, so I'm not
2: slaying anything, <laughs> so, but I would like to say to that end, if we think about it through this lens of creativity and 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 more about cultivation and growth then that is really what we're doing so we're being called to like ta- to tap into feminine process more mm. and that is about nurturing something mm. and we don't value in our culture anything that is connected with feminine process which is why My
0: patience patience Nine is months.
2: patience is feminine yeah. right mm-hmm. like we don't care about that we want to get to the end right so everything is like if we can drop out of this paradigm that we've been really connected to around hustle and all this and get into more like, okay, process and (laughs) like letting and becoming just Mm. becoming like becoming is where, where it's at. And if we can do that and focus on that, like your body is, um, like a, a vortex, a matrix. Mm. Right. And if we think about, when we talked about the vagina, which, by the way, means sheath to a man's sword. Um, so if we talk about, yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Lord but, <and> <laughs> so, you, so whatever word makes sense for you. But so the sacred passageway, as I call it, mm. the sacred passageway is, um, you know, the cosmic cervix. Like everything is born here. Yeah. Right. And so when we think about the, the cosmos, too, like a black hole is a vacuum right? The sacred passageway is a vacuum. So when we're being embodied as women and in our creative flow, we create a vacuum to draw what we need to ourselves. We don't have to go network. We don't have to go hustle. We don't have to print business cards and go rush to these things. We don't have to go meet this person. We just be in what we're doing. We just tend to our garden. We weed, we pour water, we let the sun shine, we pray, we dance, and we stay in our realm and our queendom and watch everything show up, watch all the blessings come. Because you already know, right? The outcome. You already yes. know because you already know, cause you see it, cause you're attuned. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's our birthright to know that like we are the creatrix. Like I we draw that. forth everything and we create. I love that. we Bring the magic to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. black girl magic. Is like we draw it to ourselves. We don't go and go get it. Like that's not our domain. Our domain is like being in the cut and like holding the entire universe together mm-hmm. by our fingertips. We do that with ease. Right. So this whole thing that we've been sold is not what's it about. It's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It is about... Slowing down, being intentional, attuned, and really celebrating yourself, really reclaiming your body as sacred. And that really is a pathway to owning your glow. But it's, it is a, a practice of, like you said, patience and faith. And it is a practice of, um, of being embodied and understanding that you are the source. You're the power source.
0: Wow. That's, like, that's so resonant (laughs) with some things that Dion and I have been talking about. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Just so you know, like, we are over here just, like, in Mm. just awe because this is just very rich. And Mm. this is what we needed. Because this is resonant with what we've been talking about, about a lot of things. Yes. So, like, because we're still new, like, you know, Dion and I, like, so many people look at us and also be like you slaying it girl and it's like we're literally only like a couple years in, you know, yes. to yes. this journey. Yes. And so when you're new in the journey and this journey, I would call the creative journey, mm-hmm. um, an entrepreneurial journey, uh, but also a journey of just like being on a path that is rooted in our passions and that's our values, right. You that's know? right. So I feel like in the beginning of this journey, um, It's like you go through a lot of things where you're like, yes, I have to hustle or like, no, I got to sit down. You know, you go through like waves yes mm-hmm. waves and every time that we've been in this space where we give ourselves more t- I'm speaking for both of us tell me if you disagree but Girl, I know it. it's I the I to to Yeah, go ahead <laughs> <laughs> we're in this space of like giving ourselves more time to breathe you know mm-hmm. like I vividly remember this one week where you like really got on like spending time outside and working yes. out a lot and like reading mm-hmm. and listening to podcasts and you were like I feel amazing because like you know the The MO, because of the culture that we live in, and again, because of what you're speaking to, what is prioritized, what paradigms of work and productivity are prioritized, like the grind is prioritized, getting Mm -hmm. up and immediately hopping on your computer Mm -hmm. and attending to everybody else's demands Mm -hmm. and needs on on your life, rather than taking a good amount of time to pause, to Mm -hmm. play which you talk about in Mm -hmm. your book. And to just like be in touch with your source.
2: Yeah. Like
0: the difference in how you feel when you mm-hmm. do those things. And it's not like it's easy, you know, to prioritize, to play in the pause and the. The just the more like I guess spiritually rejuvenating um, practices, but I think that it does once you turn it into a ritual, that's yes. when it does become not easy, but there's an ease to it. Right, and so it's so interesting. Like I vividly remember listening to a podcast, this woman who. Um, she has a really popular podcast, um, The Blake Lively Show, The mm-hmm. Lively Show. And she admitted, like, it was like this big moment to her listeners. Um, she admitted that she completely, like, changed the way that she was approaching her workday, mm-hmm. And she actually spent way more time in her work day reading spiritual texts, mm-hmm. meditating, yoga. And she was actually admitting that she, like, was making more money, that she was happier than she had ever been. Because she was allowing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're saying, like... I feel like
2: it's surrender. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's just so
0: much to this. That's so important.
2: Well, women don't feel good when we live our lives this way. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be honest because people are like, Oh my God. Like, what's the first thing people say to you when you're like, Hey girl, how you doing exhausted or this or that I'm tired or this. Like people aren't like, I feel amazing. I'm doing it. You know, they might feel that because they came back from like a vacation or something. Right. But they don't say that every single day because they're not making this kind of time. And people think of it as wasting time instead of investing time or investing in themselves or pouring into themselves so they're full.
1: I think there should be a change in language because yeah. how she just said it, like you know, wasting time or whatever, investing in yourself. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know. Yes. What I'm saying? Why would you
2: deprive yourself of that? Yeah. I mean, think about like Oof. how much more you can do. Right. Yeah. You know what's so funny?
1: Yeah. You talked about um, doing the woman like doing less reading and all that yes. stuff. That's literally been my life. Like yeah. you know, when I first started working, I was doing I was doing like five thousand <laughs> illustrations every month yes. trying to meet my quota or whatever. Yes. And I was like, Lord, I'm tired. Lord, like, come nice. on, like you got to do yeah. something for me. And now <laughs> I'm in the space where I'm working less and making more, and I'm yes. I am more happy because I'm spending a lot of time for myself, journaling, yes. reading my Bible, like doing yeah. whatever you know. Yes,
0: and I think it's important too because like. It sends, it also allows, like, prioritizing your own self also communicates to other people around you, like, your, your like MO with how Mm -hmm. you work. So and, and your I, value I've this from too. experience. Yeah, like mm-hmm. people who see you as a workhorse, if you are a workhorse, are going to be like, "All right, I'm going to keep on placing demands on that's this exactly right, absolutely, and telling them what they need to do for me." Absolutely. But if you're like, you know, out here, like one thing. So on Monday, you know, I shared on my Instagram story like that I was like masking that day, and I took a bath, and I just shared as a FYI I was like hey y'all like FYI like Mondays for me I recently decided on my self care day mm-hmm. um, because I realized that I was usually approaching Mondays as like my crazy like mm-hmm. must jump into the week must do the work mm. and I was like okay I know that my entire rest of the week will feel different if I set the tone on Mondays yep. of like peace and calm that's right and I thought that and so many people were like oh my god like this is great you know and not everyone can do it all day because some people right. work for other Absolutely. people yeah. but i feel like you can do it in small ways you know yeah. um and it's just like i feel better i feel so much better yeah. and more like connected to yeah. who i actually am and who i actually want to be yeah too it's more authentic it's being in tune with yeah. yourself more that's right yeah right mm-hmm. so speaking of process we wanted to also um and this will probably be the last thing that we touch on we wanted to talk about like the process of even creating this book mm-hmm. um because you know, this isn't something that you wrote overnight. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> and I remember when I saw you a couple of months ago, you even hinted like the book was technically supposed to be out earlier, but you took oh, your time. Oh, was definitely supposed to be
2: out earlier. Yes. Like years earlier. <laughs> so just yes. could, kind of share about that process. Yeah, you know, I write when I feel called to write. And so I know people who like career writers just like sit down and they like bang it out. And I just don't feel like there's a difference between um, I think like writing and channeling. And for me, I like need to be in this space where I'm allowing the words to just come and up. And then when I look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, did I write that? Like that to me is the process Mm -hmm. of delivering something that's magical. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can like use my brain and sit down and type something, but that's not what I want to give to the people. So um, what I will say is this, you know, with deadlines, I just transform that into like lifelines. Like I need to make sure that I'm fulfilling like life energy, And that I am affirming that and that I'm delivering that and that this is going to be like there's like almost like an umbilical cord connection from this book to the world. So I need to make sure that what I do when I write is something that um, is a gift, not like, you know, forced. So um, what I did and anybody that's writing uh, and I have other friends who write books, too, Mm -hmm. like it is important to communicate with your editor, like your needs, number one. And mm. and so, like, don't fall off and be like, I'm not going to contact you. I know the edit's due. I'm just going to go in a hole. Mm. and No, just be like, you know, um, actually, I need, like, three more months. Or actually, I need this type of time. Or, you know, and I remember at one point, they were like, well, when can we get the book? I'm like, you're going to have to come get it because I'm not going to send it in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not ready. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll let you know when it's ready. And I stood by that readiness. and um, And there's a difference between, I think, feeling... Uh, a sense of readiness that is, um, like I talk about the time being right and the time being ripe, R I P E. Mm. And for me, like I turned in the book when it was ripe. You yes. know what I mean? Like when it was, it's it was ready. Yeah. And so that's why the galley is what it is, and then the actual book has like ten thousand more words and. You know, this is, for me, um, an extension of myself. So Mm -hmm. I have to make sure it's, like, the right thing. And um, so so all of that to say, really, that, um, you know, when we have any creative endeavors that we're involved, it is all about taking your time. It is all about making sure that, you know, everyone else is the opposite. Like, there's everybody, like, the the self-help and the entrepreneurial and the whoever experts are all telling you, no, just get it out there and launch and put it out and push it out and hurry up and launch and do this and do that and schedule and this and launch. And so like you're in this hamster wheel of like, I got to hurry up, Mm -hmm. right? Because this person or this competitor or that person and look at them and, oh, I'm not doing enough Like there's all that, right? So there's frenetic energy around putting something out right away. There's never a good idea to put something out before you're ready and this idea that you can change it after you never get again to get someone's attention for the first time when you 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 never get to do that over so if you put something out that you don't fully believe in and stand by that is an extension of you like the energy transfer is apparent like if you don't make sure that it's what it's supposed to be you know what I'm saying? That right. That's the difference between helping somebody and also harming someone, right? So I make sure that, like, it is what it's meant to be mm-hmm. by taking my time. I could mm-hmm. have written something much sooner, I'm sure. It would not have been the book I wanted to, mm-hmm. to stand by. Mm-hmm. So um, so I really think that, um, you know, process and, 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 and also, too, in the process, like I remember um, this is really something to think about speaking to what you just said. Mm-hmm. I remember being like... Um, you know, okay, I got to sit down, I got to write, like, and then I would think of, oh, there's this is a cool conference, I'm going to go, or this is happening, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go for a bike ride, or I'm going to do this, and I would come back, and then I would be able to sit down, and so it's really important to move your body, like, every time I was going to write, I would move my body first, mm-hmm. I would meditate first, um, and and that gave me, like, the, you know, the fluid movement in my body and also in my brain mm-hmm. um, and in my soul to be able to be... In connection, mm-hmm. so that I could actually sit down and do that work. I don't think you could just jump out of bed and just sit down. I think you got to move wow. and and allow yourself to be in a space mm-hmm. to create a, a funnel for inspiration, wow. and um, that that requires like using all of the instrumentation that that is part of the body, and that's you know recognizing that the spirit and the mind and the body are in solid connection yes. and need to be activate it altogether so that you can pour through to whatever the work is that you're doing so that requires you taking time Mm -hmm. you can't just always be like okay like yeah I'll turn it in three months that's never people aren't thinking about like process when they Mm -hmm. ask you to do stuff like that they're just like oh yeah hurry up we want to get it out but you always know intuitively like when the timing is right for Mm -hmm. something versus the timing being ripe you know you know that like they say it's coming out you know, September of 2014. I didn't know it was going to come out in 2017, but I knew it wasn't coming out in 2014. Yeah. And all these things happened in my life that I could fuse into the book. Mm-hmm. There, I just had time to actually write it, but I also had the inspiration to write it, which right. I'd rather write from a place of inspiration.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I think that no matter, you know, for people who are listening, if you're like a writer or a creative or just like a woman trying to like... Be true to whatever you're discerning your path might be, Mm -hmm. those words are going to resonate because they resonate for you and for Dion, too, because she's silent over there, shaking her head.
2: (laughs) Whatever (laughs) you're creating, yes, that's right.
0: I mean, it's even true, paralleling it with um, with uh, motherhood, too, like my mom was induced so mm-hmm. i'm i'm like a november like 24th baby so oh, my birthday is really close to thanksgiving soon, yeah yes. and i'm turning 30 yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um the doctor was kind of selfish and he wanted to make sure that we didn't impede on his thanksgiving plans of course yes <laughs> so um, like and she almost didn't go in. He called her. He was like, "Where are you? You're supposed to be here." And she was. She basically didn't want to, but she right. went in mm-hmm. and they induced her. So I came early, and she literally still says that some of like my kind of just like quirks and particularity. She's like, "It's because you weren't supposed to be born so early. You were supposed to be born late." Like she literally always refers to that, and she's half joking but half serious. But I think it speaks How to you're this born? process, like. You're just supposed to come... Like, Babies
2: are born on their birthdays. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's like, true. when
2: moms are like, oh, what? I'm like, on their birthday, they decide. <laughs> they decide. Babies should decide. Yes. However, you know, doctors do this and people... This Again, you know, women's bodies are wild. And so trying to control a body is like, you know, I mean, having dominion over our bodies in so many ways, whether it's like through telling us that our bodies aren't enough, whether it's through the medical system, like, you know, languaging, even the language they use around our bodies, but also controlling our bodies through pharmaceuticals and also controlling our minds, which control our hormones, which then control the processes of the body. I think, you know, all of that is just how they do things. But the the thing to remember, I think, is like that, you know, we can turn all of this stuff around. We have the innate wisdom and it really is about us tapping in And and not second guessing because everybody had like we're not talking about stuff that doesn't exist in each of you. Like this all exists for all of us. It's our gift. We're born with it. We have to remember to constantly be in dialogue Mm -hmm. with our bodies, with our spirit Mm -hmm. and listening to that energy, like tapping into that GPS. It's for everybody. But yeah, babies, you know, my son's father similarly was um, he was late. Actually, he wasn't early. He was late, and he had to be come. He had to be pulled via, via forceps. He still wow. actually has keloids on the side of his head, wow. and he's like almost fifty years old wow. from the forceps. And let me tell you, everything is like he's slow to everything, mm-hmm. slow moving, stubborn about everything. It's like he's slow to develop in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And even looks like a a child still in a lot of ways. But, you know, when we think about his birth, he wasn't ready, you know? And so... That
0: origin moment matters. Yes. So
2: how someone's born really matters. And so when we talk about that, just take that, even that energy of how someone's born and transfer that into how you're approaching the birth of a relationship or a screenplay or a new business or, you know, whatever it is that you're working on in your life or even maybe, you know, um, a new career path. Like that inception point, right, that nexus of where you are, where you stand today makes a difference. Like the things that you do to nurture yourself as you take this path makes a difference. And so that's why we really want you to activate these tools. And there's so many in Own Your Glow and there's, I mean, It just, you know, from beginning to end is a really great accompaniment to your journey Mm -hmm. wherever you are. So anyway.
0: (laughs) So on that note. (laughs) Yes, because we went over. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is exactly what we needed um, to connect about. So thank you again for being with us and um, sharing. Um, How can our listeners stay connected with you?
2: Y'all can go, if you're in baby mode, you can go to mamaglow.com. It's M-A-G-L-O-W.com. Um, if you're just ready for more owning of your glow, you can go to ownyourglowthebook.com. And there's tons of info on the book there. You can also look there to purchase it if you haven't already. Otherwise, your local bookstores need the love or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, stuff like that. And then I'm just on Instagram, you know, when I feel like going on (laughs) at Glow Maven, G-L-O-W-M-A-V-E-N. Awesome! Yeah, I
0: love your grand by the way.
2: Do you? Yes. Thank you. I get so. Sometimes I'm just like child and feel like going on here. You <laughs> know, some days I want to go. Yeah. And then other days I'm like, I don't feel like going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need okay. to go on though. I'm like in Chicago. Yeah. I want to like show <laughs> yes. people here. Yeah. We can so. share a moment right after. This.
0: Yeah, we're gonna share a moment. So yeah, <laughs> you'll see that. Lovely. Well, thanks so much.
2: Thank you, really and truly, for everything that you do. I'm so proud of y'all. And Thank you. you know, because you all are living out everything that I'm talking about. It's It's really important for people to see it um, embodied, right? Like Mm -hmm. so that they know it's possible. And um, and y'all are doing that too, so thank you. Thank
1: you. I wish I had more to say. Well, I'm so full. Like I'm like, (laughs) oh my god, that was like a sermon that I needed to hear. Oh my god, (laughs) the glow gospel. Yes, I love that. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I can't thank you enough. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you. Hey guys, to stay in touch, be sure to join our email list at blackgirlandome.com, follow us on Instagram, say hello to us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook at Black Girl There are so many
0: great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell, but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness, our podcast collective, wants to create a community of unique voices and audio. Love to James T. Green, Cher Vincent, and Alex Cox for creating Post Loudness and letting us be a part of it. Special love also to Aline Kaze, our audio engineer, to Khalid B. and Peter Espenson for the music you hear throughout the show, and thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to breathe easy.